Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast on Arsblog.com in association, as always, with OleOle.com, the football community website. We have got for you an action-packed show, so we do. Uh, coming up between now and the end, a blog chat with a good player in which we discuss the games against uh, Tottenham a little bit, Sevilla. Uh, also, a uh, look ahead to the Derby game, and we chat about uh, Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho. In fact, he's not a Jose, he's a Jose. Uh, he's an unemployed Jose at the moment, so we chat a little bit about him. The man in the bar is here. He's got a player history. Uh, there's some other bits and bobs in there as well. Uh, and there'll be some discussion about, you know, all the various stuff that's going on including red and white and their uh, increased holding in Arsenal Football Club and uh, what Alisher Uzmanov and his lawyers have been up to this week uh, when it comes to censoring other websites. So that's all to come between now and then. But uh, since the last Arscast, things have gone swimmingly well. We had a wonderful time in Dublin in the Woolshed. Oh, before I start, uh, Beer of the Week, San Miguel. Cheers, Das. Uh, a big crate of San Miguel in the bottle. Lovely. Uh, chilled. So there you go. Oh, you want? No, hang on. Mm. Spanish. Now, in the Woolshed last Saturday... Woolshed is this uh, uh, this big, big pub here in Dublin uh, that's uh, sort of um, southern hemisphere, shall we say. So they focus on Australian, New Zealand rugby and all that sort of stuff. So at 12 o'clock on Saturday, uh, New Zealand were playing Portugal, I think, in the, in the World Cup in rugby. And at 2 o'clock, there was uh, Australia versus Wales. Now, uh, the Arsenal match was on one telly up against a wall. Um, we were beside a speaker, which was blasting out the commentary from the rugby at about 150 decibels. Uh, but there was a massive crowd of Arsenal fans there. It was fantastic. Um, I don't know how many of them came along because they read it on the website that it was going to be on there. Uh, but we did meet a few new faces and um, put uh, put some names to faces, people that use the arses, etc., etc. Uh, but it was all great fun. But uh, we made much more noise than all the Aussies and all the New Zealanders. Uh, even when Australia scored a try against Wales, uh, there was no noise like the noise there was when Fabregas scored his goal. And when Adi Bayor scored his goal, the place nearly erupted i have to say so it was wonderful and um a great day out uh, and a great win um 3-1 at white hart lane um i don't know what can you say this team just keeps uh keeps on what well, not surprising us i don't think that's the right word uh, but it keeps on pleasantly um 
Okay, maybe surprise is the right word. A little bit, a little bit, you know, but it was, uh, it was quite emphatic. But what a, a hilarious game it was. It was really brilliant. Um, for a neutral, it would have been fantastic. For an Arsenal fan, it's fantastic. For a Spurs fan, it was absolute shite. <laughs> uh, but, you know, things like uh, Berbatov's one off the line and, and Darren Bent's miss was just uh, hilarious. Sixteen and a half million pounds they played for that. I play football with some guys that, you know, we're sort of getting on in years. We really are. We can't run too fast or too far or or very often. But I think I have to say that were we put one-on-one with a keeper, uh, even at our level, we could do better than Darren Bent did when he sort of spooned his shot. It wasn't even a shot, was it? It was like he, I don't know. It was like some kind of retarded seal flapping its seal flappy things. What do they call them? Fins or whatever the fuck they are. It was hilarious, though. Absolutely hilarious. Made even more so uh, by Adi Bayor's fantastic goal. For me, goal of the season so far. And people talk about the first touch. I think he meant it. I think he meant that first touch. Because when you look uh, at the replay where the ball is sort of face on, he sort of makes this little dinky move with his foot and I think he he meant to do that so uh, for me an absolutely fantastic goal and then uh, on Wednesday uh, we played Sevilla and Sevilla who have been in great form they won 4-1 the weekend previously they've beaten Real Madrid this season 5-3 at the Bernabeu uh, in the uh, Super Cup Um, so they're capable of of pulling off great results and, and doing good things they really didn't look too dangerous at all on Wednesday night. Uh, again, Sesk is in the goals. He is a goal machine at the moment. Um, and, I, you know, you keep thinking, well, maybe I should put a bet on him now to score a goal. But, you know, the minute I put a bet on somebody to score a goal uh, will be exactly why they stop scoring goals. So I'm not putting any money on him to score goals. Van Persie got a goal. Uh, and, of course, Eduardo came on and showed what he can do. Um I don't know. The, the the difference now, what I said on the blog, is the difference last year when we were bringing on someone like Ali Adier or Batista, and they come on and they blunder around, they don't do anything. Eduardo comes on and he can score. He can make an impact in a short period of time, and he's showing that uh, he's beginning to settle down very nicely uh, into uh, Arsenal and into English football, although his, both his goals have been in European games. So maybe I don't have the first clue what I'm talking about here. But that wouldn't be uh, the first time, would it? No, definitely wouldn't. Uh, Bakary Sanya looks like a real player at right back, doesn't he? He's magic. I love him. He's uh, really strong. Very, very good defensively. He's such an improvement on both Ibue and Hoyt. And I liked Hoyt last year, and I liked the way that he improved and got better. But uh, Sanya's a different class altogether. And, uh, of course, his uh, little kick to Tom Huddlestone, who looks... He's got a name that sounds like he should be wearing a flat cap. Huddlestone. But uh, Sanya kicked him. It was fantastic. After he was messing with Almunia, um, I think uh, he's going to be a, a big signing for us. So um, before I go on and waffle about all the players, uh, we'll have this week's blog chat where we talk to uh, Good Player from goodplayer.com. This week's blog chat is brought to you in association with TD Sunbeds. This week gets six sessions for the price of four. For more information, click onto our website, www.orangeandproud.com. Okay, joining me now on the Arscast uh, to talk about the last week's football and a uh, very enjoyable week's football is Good Player from GoodPlayer.com. Hello. Hello. Robin Van Persie after the game last night, or, or on Wednesday night against Sevilla, said that Arsenal were playing football from another planet. Is he right? No, not really. <laughs> but, um, but that doesn't really matter. It's a, you still 
youthful exuberance and enthusiasm, and, and that's fine, really. I don't think we are playing football from another planet. We're playing very effective football and, and good football, but, um, but it's not from another planet, no. The results are from another planet, though, really, aren't they? Because uh, a 3-1 win uh, at White Hart Lane, uh, followed by a 3-0 win over Sevilla, who really are one of the form teams in Europe. Um, two cracking results within a week, and, and it goes uh, a little bit further uh, to show us that this, Ar- this Arsenal team is really made of something. I think, I think it does. What's interesting to me is it's, it's small things which are making the difference in a way. Fabregas kind of just being a, a bit more efficient with his shooting, etc., the team having a bit more confidence and and just a general just being a bit smarter, a bit more thrifty with our play. Last season there was a lot of a lot of air, a lot of flow, if you like, and not much success. But this this year we're being pretty pretty efficient, I think, as Wenger as Wenger would say. If you look at the Tottenham game last year's one ended two all. This one, this year's one, in theory, could have. But we we just seem to have that that certain sharpness that, that certainly Tottenham lacked, and that that seems to make the difference. What do you think is making it? Because the the team spirit is really obvious. Um, and it's it's too easy, I think, to point to the departure of Thierry Henry uh, uh, to say that's what's bonded the team and what's brought them together. But something has happened to consolidate uh, this group of players uh, during the summer, hasn't it? I think I think that's right. I think it is. It's very sloppy to say that you know the departure of Henry has done that. Um, I think. I mean, what struck struck me last season was it, was that we were underachieving. If you looked at players like Schleb, they were greatly underachieving because he's a very good player and he was playing badly. If you look at Fabregas, he wasn't scoring enough goals, and and we weren't defending well enough. I mean, we didn't even concede many goals. We conceded them at terrible times, and it feels as though the team looked at themselves and said, "God, we can actually do a hell of a lot better than this. We're, we're far better than we're showing." And I think maybe that realization has galvanised them a little bit, and and things have gone. You know, have kind of people have stepped up to the plate. I did it at the beginning of the season, as did Van Persie. Recently, it's been Fabregas and Alabeol, and and I think it's just it's kind of a it's a roller coaster, a snowball effect, if you like. So why we have guys like uh, Sescu scoring goals for fun and Rosicky and and Kleb and Adi Bayor who have been um, productive this season, we'll say. You look at somebody. I want to talk a little bit about Matthew Flamini, and um, to me, he's a player who's quite underrated and doesn't necessarily get the credit he deserves but whether you put him at right back or you play him in midfield or you play him at left back you get 110% all the time and his work is really vital to, to allow the team to play uh, to allow the likes of Fabregas and Rosicky to play the sort of football they like to play I think you're right I think I think sometimes you have to put your hands up and say that you've been surprised by a player and I think Matthew Fleming in the last few games whether it be at right back or centre midfield has played better than I thought he was capable of full stop um, and so I, I duffed my cap to him, if you like. There was, I was at the Seville game last night, and one arch cynic said, he said, oh, the problem is that Flamini will think he can do more than he can, and then he'll start making silly passes. Um, you watch in a month or so, we'll be sick of him, which I think is very, very unfair. But I think he's come in, he, he's come in and he's done a very, very good job, and he's got, he's got boundless energy, and, you know, energy can make up for so much. If you look at each one player who doesn't, who will always throw himself at the ball when a free kick comes in, um, rather than turning his uh, turning his back on it and letting it fly off his shin, etc. Like it, like the will. And that's a, you know, energy and commitment is a huge, huge thing. Okay. Um, what about Eduardo? Again, he came off the bench against Sevilla, um, like he did in the previous uh, Champions League qualifier, and got a late goal. Um, he's surely showing now that he's um, he's up for a start, and that when he comes on, he can he can do something. I think I, th- I think so. I think there's, there's there's no real argument with that. Um, 
he'll take time in terms of overall play. He'll take time to settle in. He's very much a, a, a poacher, if you like. So perhaps, whereas other players would have brilliant, whereas Omri came with great technical skill, but without the poaching instincts, with Eduardo, maybe it's, it's slightly the opposite. But he's, he's done fantastically well so far. Cause it's very hard to come on um, into a team which has already had a couple of substitutions and has been jigged around a bit. So I think he's done brilliantly. Okay. Um, looking ahead to Derby at the weekend, um, you have to think uh, three points um, is the order of the day. But um, I suppose any team can surprise any other team, as we saw on Monday night when Derby beat Newcastle. So um, is there a danger of, of uh, being a little bit complacent and, and getting carried away with our results? We have to stay focused. I think there's, I think there's a big danger of doing that. The one difference I've noticed this season for us is that we're no longer... Um, considered the team that everyone wants to beat. Um, you know, the kind of the aura of the Invincibles has, has worn off, you know, the players have gone. Um, and, and now it's Chelsea and Man United that everyone wants to beat. Um, and we haven't had that so far this season, so we've played without pressure. Now, for the first time, you know, there's a, a tiny bit of pressure. It's a, it's a great kind of pressure. It's a pressure that says we can go five points ahead of United and Chelsea on Saturday evening, and knowing that at least one of them, maybe both of them, will drop more points on Sunday. Of course, we've got to play the big teams at some point as well, and we haven't played any yet. But suddenly, there's a you know suddenly there's a, a tiny bit of pressure in that we can actually we can actually really consolidate our position there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they react. Okay, uh, in the absence of Rosicky, what would you do with the left hand side? Diaby seems to uh, seems to be struggling out there. He is struggling out there because he doesn't really attack brilliantly. He doesn't really defend brilliantly. I think if he's going to make it, he's going to make it in the middle. And I hope he does, because he's got fantastic talent. He needs to get stuck in a bit more. Um, what would I do on the left-hand side? Well, he could play Walcott there, depending on how he feels about Derby. He could, he could play Eduardo there, in theory. Um, or he has a kind of stable full of very small central midfielders who he could push out there. Denilson, uh, Diara, etc. Flamini, in theory, if Gilberto returns. Um, you know, the choice is there. And, of course, that. Uh, Alex Song can no doubt play left midfield as well. Wenger will tell us on Friday, I suspect. All right, then. Um, a quick word about um, our friends at Stamford Bridge. Um, it, it's not really a surprise to see Mourinho leave in one respect because we know, the, we know the relationship between himself and Abramovich has been fairly non-existent for the last uh, six months or a year. But in terms of what he did for Chelsea Football Club and, and the success that he brought to them, it is a surprise that um, they've let him go and replaced him with Avram Grant. Well, it, it is astonishing, but it's, a, it's all part of their very, very short-term way of thinking, I think. And this is, I mean, I don't think there could be any clearer illustration of why we should be, you know, this, this current board that we have, you know, they're, they're very much chase stability, etc. And stability is crucial. Stability is vital. And I think, you know, it's a battle of it. It's been a battle of egos at Stamford Bridge. You know, I mean, you, stupid things have happened. Can you imagine, you know, the board signing players and telling Wenger to play them, etc.? Um, it's very interesting. It's a shame in one sense because Mourinho was great value. Um, yes, he was arrogant. Yes, he wins all of that stuff. And sometimes he was, you didn't feel that he, the way he behaved was in the best interest of football, but he was great value. And, um, and it may, I always felt that Wenger could never walk away from Arsenal while, while Ferguson and Mourinho were still in their jobs. Um, I just, I just didn't think he'd be able to leave at that, and and that kind of tells you that Mourinho was 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 brilliant in it, like him once. Chelsea worse off without him, no doubt. Undoubtedly so. It's it's so hard, and this is what I, I don't think Tottenham 
board realised it's so hard to get a successful manager. And, and whatever you think, he was successful. He'd ha- he hadn't won the Champions League for them. But, but, I mean, how many managers win the Champions League? How many retain it? It's not a precise... Football's not a precise science. The Champions League is a very, very, very imprecise science. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there's not a lot you can do. But, I mean, the one thing is... The one thing you would say is that Mourinho didn't create these, you know, teams who played a fantastic brand of football. And that's never going to help you. And that's that's probably contributed to their terrible attendance against Rosenberg. That and having a board who are so out of touch that they thought reducing tickets to £36 would be some kind of inducement um, in contrast to our board who have managed to fill the ground for the Newcastle game. So I suppose Mourinho, he didn't help himself with the kind of football they played, I imagine. Okay, well, it's, it's uh, telling, isn't it, that when he did try to change the style a little bit to make it more exciting, they instantly became much uh, less effective and much more vulnerable at the back. But, I mean, it's, we're five games into the season. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, that's true as well. All right, well, good player. We better leave it there for this week. We'll talk to you on another Arscast soon. Thanks. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. And my thanks to good player. He'll be back on another Arscast in the very near future. Now then, uh, just a quick uh, mention about OleOle.com. It's a football community website, uh, which you can join. It's sort of like uh, MySpace or Facebook, one of those kind of things. But also, if you're one of those people that uses Facebook, and I have to say, I'm not. I think the whole thing is a big fucking load of shite. Uh, But that's just my opinion. There are lots of people out there that use it. You can get an oleole.com widgety application thing, apparently. So you can oleole and Facebook at the same time. Whatever the hell that means. So if that's your thing, well, fair play to you. Weirdo. Hmm. Still to come, talk of uh, Alisher Uzmanov and also Red and White and, and their holdings and things that have been going on with websites uh, being taken down. That's still to come. Uh, now, though, the man in the bar has got another player history. Here it is. Hello and welcome to another old player history with me, the man in the bar. Just before we get on to the player history, I want to talk a bit about that old fella Mourinho. What got the sack? Ha ha! Fucking good enough from the cunt. I'm good enough for that fella sits down the end of the bar there. You see him? Chelsea Charlie. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Call him. His name is Charlie. He's a Chelsea fan. Cunting Chelsea, Charlie. I call him because you know he's a bit of an old cunt as well. Crippled cunting Chelsea, Charlie. I call him sometimes as well because he's only got one leg. He's got a wooden leg, you see, so he can't walk. 
Christmas hating crippled cunting Chelsea Charlie I call him sometimes as well because he's not terribly fond of Christmas crisp eating Christmas hating crippled cunting Chelsea Charlie I call him sometimes as well because he's always got a packet of tato on the bar in front of him cheese and onion flavour anyway he won't be happy you happy Charlie you happy ah ah yeah typical Chelsea I never liked him anyway he says anyway fuck him this week we're talking about Nigel Winterburn who was a fine man of a left back he had only got the one foot not quite literally but his right foot was only for the standing you see which made his first games at right back for Arsenal a little bit difficult but then he got settled into the old famous back four along with Lee Dixon and Tony Adams and Steve Bold and he played at left back he was involved in some wonderful Arsenal moments when Brian McClare missed a penalty and there was old Nigel on hand to go the shite out of him all for the rest of the game. Oh, Jesus, it was hilarious. There was the old brawl, you see, remember that one at uh, Old Trafford deducted points? Did it matter? It did not matter to this Arsenal side. He was involved in the old Cup Winners' Cup triumph and the Cup Winners' Cup non-triumph a year later. And then Arsene Wenger took over and he looked at the old back four and he said, They're all fucking ancient, I'm getting rid of them. But then he decided not to. He invented a capsule, you see, in which he placed these four older players and he pumped a mixture, a patented mixture, of oxygen, hydrogen and whiskey fumes around this old capsule, which extended their careers by many, many years, you see. Nigel Winterburn was actually 72 when he retired from Arsenal and went to play for West Ham for a season or two. Nobody knew, and he's still getting 40 grand a week at Upton Park. Legend of a man, so he was. Nowadays, he does a bit of the old media work, a bit of this, a bit of that. But if you've got a problem, and no one else can help, and you can find him, you can call Nigel Winterburn. Nigel Winterburn. Man in the Bar will be back on next week's IceCast with another player history. Now, before we continue, a short commercial break. Have you got financial worries? Debts you can't pay? Cash flow problems? Well, why not talk to Red and White Investments? We'll pay you cash up front for your Arsenal shares, no questions asked. We'll even buy way over the market value because we want to help you that much. But don't take our word for it. Listen to what our clients have to say. Well, I was having severe cash flow problems and I signed up with Red and White. Now I've got £75 million in the bank. And not only that, Red and White have helped me get my career back on track. Thank you, Red and White. So if you've got Arsenal shares you don't know what to do with, call Red and White today on 1890 328 2868. Red and White is owned by lovely, cuddly people who love kittens and helping people, not by shady Eastern Europeans. The value of your investment may go up as well as down, as may the levels of polonium-210 in your bathroom. And there you go. So, now, you can't really have escaped the fact during the week that Asher Usmanov's Red and White group has been buying up uh, big chunks uh, and small chunks and little bits of Arsenal shares. And at the moment, their shareholding amounts to 21%. 
uh, of Arsenal Football Club. The board, of course, remain resolute against that. And uh, We've had Keith Edelman, we've had uh, Peter Hillwood talking this week as well, and the board are, uh, and will remain, I suppose, uh, directly opposed to any kind of a takeover, and especially a hostile uh, sort of a takeover, which is which is what this is. Now, um, some interesting developments last night. When I got an email from Craig Murray, who is the former British ambassador to Uzbekistan, who had a website, whose uh, website made uh, certain allegations against Alisher Usmanov. Now, uh, I repeated one headline of that and linked to Craig Murray's website and was in receipt of uh, a legal action um, from Alisher Usmanov's lawyers who, who asked me to remove that thing. So I did. Um I believe Uzmanov's lawyers also contacted uh, not Craig Murray himself, but his web host, the people that host his website, and informed them that this content was defamatory and the web host really had no choice but to take it down. And this has sort of been ongoing, I think, over the over the last little while. Now, last night, Craig Murray's website was down completely, and he emailed me to say that the website was down. But not only his website was down... Uh, a number of other big blogs were down, including uh, Bloggerheads, which is uh, a site that's uh, very well known. Um, also, Bob Piper and also Boris Johnson's website uh, is gone because of these um, legal threats. Now, I should point out that while um, Craig Murray's site is gone and Tim, uh, Bloggerheads are, are, is gone because of um, content, um the reason Boris Johnson's site is down is because it shares a server uh, with these sites. So what they've done is they've um, taken down the entire server and all the websites on that server, whether or not they're related uh, to anything to do with Alisher Usmanov or not. Uh, if you look at the column section of the Ars blog website, uh, there was a little uh, uh, link to a, a site called uh, Chicken Yogurt. Chicken Yogurt. Uh, and he's got a public service announcement on there. And you can see um, that it's been picked up uh, right across uh, the sphere of, of blogs. Um, a lot of these blogs are, are political blogs, um, and they tend to have a very, very big readership. Um, but it is being picked up that Alisher Usmanov is directly responsible for these websites being taken down. The lawyers are sending the um, the letters and the legal threats to the web hosting companies. And the web hosting companies, because they don't just host one site or two sites, they have a responsibility to the rest of their customers, you see. Because you could have a, a server with 100 websites on it. And if, uh, you know, the, the legal threat comes in, if you don't take this down, we could have the whole server taken off. Well, then, you know, you're not in any position because you've got responsibilities to other clients, etc., etc., um, you're not in any position to refuse that. And that's why these websites are, are, are going down. It is, I think, particularly negative to have um, somebody that owns 21% of Arsenal Football Club involved in something like this. And I think, uh, as well, we have to be um, very cautious and very aware of, of what it is that we say. Um, because it's fairly obvious that, that Alisher Usmanov um, is... is determined to make sure uh, that anything negative or posted about him on a blog or anything else um, is, is taken down. Um, what you will find is, I suppose, if you go looking in Google, um, if you wanted to find uh, the original text of Craig Murray's article uh, that caused the problems, it, it's relatively easy to find. 
if you can do that with Google. Because no matter how many websites you shut down, or how many web servers you shut down, or how many legal threats you make, this stuff will stay on the internet forever. That's it, basically. There'll always be somebody who's got a copy of it who will put it up somewhere where it's really, really difficult for other people to get it taken down. So, I don't know. The whole thing is a bit... um is a bit wrong. It feels a bit wrong to me. And, and I have to um, say again uh, that I feel terribly, terribly uneasy about Alisher Usmanov uh, owning 21% of Arsenal Football Club. And I feel terribly uneasy that David Dean, a man who professes to love Arsenal Football Club, can bring uh, Alisher Usmanov to a point where he owns 21% of our football club, that is down to David Dean as well. So the whole thing is just is just horrible. It's a horrible thought that this guy uh, could get his hands on, on Arsenal Football Club. Um, as it is, he owns 21%, and as it is, um, what he's doing at the moment, uh, to me, is embarrassing uh, as an Arsenal fan and as somebody who's had a blog for five and a half or six years. It's kind of embarrassing that this guy... Uh, somehow is representative of, of, of Arsenal Football Club. It's just minging. That's all I can say about it. It is just fucking wrong. And I really hope, I really hope as many fans as possible uh, realize uh, how wrong it is and and how unrepresentative of what we all consider Arsenal to be, uh, Alisher Usmanov and, and to my mind David Dean are not. So there you go. There you go. There was a story during the week you would have seen. Uh, where Tottenham invited David Dean uh, to the North London Derby to be their guest. The Tottenham board invited David Dean, obviously just up to shenanigans, I think, uh, taking the piss a little bit. Um, uh, apparently, apparently he was sat at the very next table but didn't exchange any words apart from a quick hello with Arsene Wenger, who then sat down with the uh, the Arsenal board. Uh, this was written, of course, by our old friend Mihir Bose. On the BBC is now the BBC uh, sports editor or something like that. The BBC sports editor, indeed. And he's got his own blog. The last line of his report said, Tottenham, meanwhile, are amused by Arsenal's reaction to them inviting Dean. Um, a wonderful comment underneath from Damien Jones writes, Arsenal board, Arsenal's board, meanwhile, were amused by Arsenal's victory over Spurs. Ha ha! Touche, sir. Fantastic. Um, so there you go. That's what's going on at the moment. Uh, boardroom stuff and Dean and Usmanov, and it's all just all a little bit sour, uh, if you ask me. Now, um, a little bit of news or something. There was much hilarity at White Hart Lane this weekend as Tottenham failed to win in the North London Derby for the 92nd time in a row. Despite spending several hundred pounds on players this summer, Tottenham were as effective as drinking a pint of ale to ward off TB. Worst of the lot was striker Arthur Bent, who cost £48.11. shillings. He missed unbelievably from just three yards outside the goal. Many Arsenal fans wet their pants with laughter. Wet our pants indeed, some of them did, but mostly it was because of the beer, not because of the laughter, although the laughter contributed to the pant-wetting, you see. So there you go, um, uh, talk a little bit about uh, football, will we, before the end? We've got Derby County tomorrow, and I, I looked at Derby in the first few games of the season, and I thought, oh my God, that's the worst team I've ever seen. They're really, really bad, and they were really bad. They made Tottenham look good. That's how bad they were. 
Uh, and they got taken apart by Liverpool and, and the whole lot. And I, I sort of figured they'd get beaten by Newcastle the other night. But apparently Newcastle were even worse than they were. Um, so that's probably good for Derby. And um, we do appear to have some injuries. Thomas Rosicki injured again. Um, it's such a shame he keeps getting injured. Because I like him as a player. And I like the way he plays. And he kind of runs on the on the front of his feet. I like that. It's kind of movie. I don't know how to describe it, but I like that. But the, what I don't like is the fact that he always gets injured. He seems, you could see him going off the other night and he knew it was his hamstring and he knew, you could see he was really frustrated and really angry about it, but I don't know. What's going on with Thomas Rosicki's hamstrings? Uh, so he won't play and Hleb got a kick on the knee and Lehman is still out, Abue is still out. Senderos might be out with a dodgy hip. Um, I don't know. I don't know who else is who is out, but we'll see. Um, uh, we should really have enough uh, for Derby uh, because maybe their result against Newcastle was a one-off. But at the same time, we can't be complacent. We've had good wins against Tottenham. We've had good a uh, good win against Sevilla. Really, really good win against Sevilla, uh, and, and that will build confidence. But we do, like Arsene Wenger say, uh, says, have to keep our feet on the ground. I thought it was really, really. Um, interesting to watch Robin Van Persie in the post-match interview. He was so full of um, confidence, you'd almost say he was a little bit cocky um, when he was talking about the football from a different planet and, and you know, etc., etc. And I like the fact that he's so enthused and I like the fact that um, he's got such confidence in himself and in his teammates. That's fantastic. But maybe we just do need to keep our feet on the ground a little bit at this stage. The season has only really just begun, and while we've had a great start, uh, there's still plenty of football to be played between now and the end of the season. Uh, the Carling Cup on Tuesday against Newcastle. You can be quite sure that Fat Sam will put out as uh, strong a Newcastle side as he possibly can, because he knows... Uh, that Arsenal are going to put out a relatively young squad. Uh, it'll be a big chance for maybe the likes of Fabianski, someone like uh, Bentner might start, Diara might start, uh, Traore as well, uh, the man who brought a knuckle duster to Whiteheart Lane. I mean, when you think about it, <laughs> he brought a knuckle duster down there. I mean, I don't know. And then said, oh, it's, oh I didn't know it was wrong. We do this in France all the time. Like, people go, what, I'm going to the supermarket. Oh, don't forget your knuckle duster, darling. Strange boy, but uh, <laughs> he'll probably play uh, on Tuesday night. So we'll see what happens. So plenty of football. And it's all been um, it's all been good fun, hasn't it? So um, uh, I can't think of anything else to talk about. Um, so I'm now going to go and finish my beer. Oh, yeah, you should thank Mrs. Bloggs for this particular arsecast, I meant to say, because tonight is actually my wedding anniversary. Five years married today. Uh, unfortunately, I had football training and then an arsecast to produce uh, for tonight, uh, so we have to go out tomorrow night and celebrate. So um, be thankful to Mrs. Bloggs for being so very, very understanding. Very, 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 very understanding. Thank you, Mrs. Bloggs. Um, that's it. Talk to you on next week's Arscast. Have a good one. Bye.
Tottenham Hotspur Soccer Skills video, How to Score When One-on-One -on -one with the Keeper, with Darren Bent, Take 1. Take 2. Take 3. Oh my God, you hit my baby! Take 4. Take 5. Take 6. Houston, this is Spatial Mediocre reporting a very strange spherical object to the right-hand side of the uh, aircraft a long way out of Earth's orbit. Take 7. <laughs> Take 8. Take 9. Take six thousand four hundred and twenty-two. Yeah, I'm brilliant. I'm Darren Ben, and I am the greatest. Yeah. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.